0: Listening to Rumination Thursday, Law and Gospel, on this June the seventeenth, in the year of our Lord twenty twenty one. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and with me is Wes Reimnitz, and I've got a question for you, Wes. Okay. What huh. is this letter I received, not only so signed by the Southern Baptists, the National Association of Evangelicals, the Church of Jesus Christ, of Latter-day Saints, the Seventh-day Adventist Church, the Wesleyan Church, Assemblies of God, and the Roman Catholic Church, among others, including the Islamic religion. And it's also signed by Reverend Dr. Matthew C. Harrison, President of, Of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Why is he signing a letter with these other religions?
1: Well, you want the long answer or the short answer? Short answer. Short answer is to stop uh, discrimination of faith-based student organizations uh, to... Religious uh, to protect their rights under the uh, Constitution, and uh, the paragraphs that they're citing in there come from the Department of Education, which uh, talks about religious freedom. Of
0: so, what a, a, you're saying uh, is that this letter is a diverse group of U.S. religious and non- and, and legal leaders in writing to the U.S. Secretary of Education. Miguel Cardona about the need to preserve these federal regulations that protect religious freedom at public universities. Now, why would all these religious leaders write such a letter? Has something happened?
1: Yeah, that that was the question I originally asked as we took a look at that letter. And it arises out of a uh, lawsuit with the University of Iowa, with a group called Business Leaders in Christ. It first developed itself back in 2014. The complaint was registered with the Uni- University of Iowa in 2017, and it's been coursing its way through the court. The uh, Eighth Circuit Court of Appeals has made a decision back in uh, March, I believe, in favor of the business leaders in Christ. What resulted in that, as we go through this, what resulted in this, Iowa, University of Iowa defunded roughly 30-some organizations, many of them, most of them uh, religious-based organizations, for simply taking their, their stand on their faith base.
0: So they denied recognition to these religious groups because of their sincerely held religious beliefs. And one of the things that they denied, uh, they do not now have access to basic privileges, such as an on-campus meeting space. And what this letter does
2: is we urge
0: you, to preserve the legal protections provided by these bills for individual students and religious student organizations so that students of all faiths will continue to feel welcome on their public college campuses. So why would the president of our synod write something that includes students of all faiths? Isn't that no, a, a form of going against uh, what we believe to be unionism?
1: I think we're no. I think we're we're looking at uh, legal protection under the law. Would you say?
0: Yes. In other words, these signatories are telling the Secretary of Education that we want to preserve. Uh, these two items 34 CFR and 76 500 as they were adopted in order to give students the freedom to meet together and counsel within their own group and for example one of the things that this uh, negation of this would do let's say you have a bunch of Lutherans together they are no longer privileged to appoint someone of the same faith to say the prayer at the beginning of their meeting. And they have to have others who are not Lutheran members of their, members of their group. And that, of course, would result in false teaching, etc. But going across the board... President Harrison has recognized the importance of giving these groups freedom to act as they wish according to their own beliefs.
1: Right, and I think that's something that you have to keep in mind, and you're kind of accurately describing what happened to the business leaders in, in, in Christ, that they were told that they were not not keeping with, quote, the u of i policy
0: yes Uh, do you have any kind of information on the two bills that provide protection what do they say specifically
1: well they're both they're both uh, about the same those those two uh, paragraphs one deals with with uh, more of the federal type agency The second deals with the state, and otherwise the verbiage remains the same, that that, uh, each grantee uh, of a public institution shall not be denied any student organization whose stated mission is religious in nature, and that is at the public institution any right, benefit, or privilege that is, to afford such student organizations as a public institution. Then it goes on to, you know, limit it to the facilities, the distribution of student funds and such things, that the membership and standards which are formed by sincerely held religious beliefs, that they they have the right, according to the First Amendment, you know, the right of free speech.
0: Yeah, this is really coming along with other forbidden things that there was a pastor on a campus who was fired and it was a religious campus because he made the statement that students could speak out against the gay lifestyle and because of making that statement he was fired because it offended a bunch of students
1: well, that's uh, kind of what's at issue with the business leaders in Christ. Yes. Uh, they, they affirm a statement of faith and live according to a, court of st- a code of statement, including abstaining from sexual conduct and relations outside the traditional marriage. They they were quoted by the judge, uh, the Eighth Circuit and Court of Appeals, He was keen to pick up this statement from the business leaders in Christ. We believe God's intention for the sexual relationship that it is to be between a husband and a wife in a lifelong covenant of marriage. Every other sexual relationship beyond this is outside of God's design, and it's not in keeping with God's original plan for humanity. We believe that every person should embrace, not reject, their God-given sex.
0: Yes, and on the basis of that, uh, they indicated that the students, therefore, should not have the freedom to meet together, etc., because of well, that religious view.
1: Right. And they had met twice with the individual that wanted to, to join, and what it what it was is you had the business leaders in Christ organization, and then you had an executive leadership there, and he was applying to the executive leadership, and and uh, they asked him if he would forego. Same-sex relationships, and he responded that he wouldn't. And in fact, that he had troubles with the biblical uh, sightings that they had from from the Bible itself, and therefore he could be a member. They, re, they re said he could be a member of business leaders in Christ, but he couldn't be an executive leader to lead them because of his uh, statements went against the religious values.
0: Yeah, you wonder how far this can go, because anyone can come to our worship services. Uh, You don't have to be baptized, etc. Now, you're not able to commune if you're not a member of the church, but we have open doors for anyone to come and hear the message of Jesus Christ. But we would have a, a terrible situation if the government said because you believe in the marriage only between a man and a woman therefore you're not allowed to be able to meet as a church and that's what they're doing with these students
1: exactly you're right right on target in fact as as this whole thing evolved from 217 on till till the present the university of iowa defunded over roughly thirty organizations, most of them religious based, so it just it just grew uh, in terms of going after them, and we, of course said that they couldn't do this. One
0: thing this will help are religious schools that the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod has, universities, et etc, because they are, of course, exempt from these items. Because the religious school, like Concordia River Forest, etc., they will permit Christians, Lutherans, to join together and have a discussion. Although we would not want to have homosexual groups on campus pushing their agenda because that would be contrary to God's holy word.
1: Exactly, you know. And another little caveat to to all of this is, you haven't seen this in the press. I had to go look, and I had to really dig to to kind of get a a sense of why why this letter was coming out. It's not in the in the news. The news has has turned a deaf ear to this.
0: Well, are you going to tell us what you found?
1: I found the, the the. United States Court of Appeals for the Eighth Circuit, which uh, we've been quoting from uh on the the statements that, that it had and the history the history of this whole thing as it's developed. There was one news article out of out of uh Iowa called the Daily Iowa that I was able to start doing some tracing on this. But uh, it it took some digging. I had to dig up the court case itself in in order to find the information.
0: Well, the letter does a pretty good job. I want to read this one section that these folks are saying. Students do not surrender their constitutional rights when they arrive on public college campuses. Religious freedom is America's first freedom enshrined as a constitutional right in the First Amendment. The First Amendment guarantee of free exercise of religion is paired with the freedoms of speech and assembly for an important reason. The right to assemble together based on religiously informed beliefs is foundational to a free society. In deciding, and then they do the case, the United States Supreme Court declared, and this was done in 1958, it is beyond debate that freedom to engage in association for the advancement of beliefs and ideas is an inseparable aspect of the liberty Assured by the due process clause of the Fourteenth Amendment, which embraces freedom of speech. So I there, you got that, the Supreme Court behind us,
1: right? And I think this this letter states it in a positive direction with uh, with uh, the what's was what's going on in the University of Iowa, and uh, it, it's good for us because I, I know that in in our district we've got uh, four or five campus ministries you know, at, at our public institutions, and this would this would affect them. Although some of the properties that we have are attached or next to the the campus itself and not on the campus, but uh, they are granted access into the into the campus there.
0: Yes, um one of the congregations I'm dealing with is in Macomb, Illinois, and that's a building for the university uh campus students. And so when they're in class, which they are not right now during the summer but we will have a worship service at 11 o'clock, and it's just in their own building, and they come over, plus they have meetings and Bible studies, etc. cetera. Uh, are, are you saying that we'll be able to still continue that, but they won't be able to have meetings on the university campus itself?
1: Not according to this court document that was filed. Yeah, they can still have their meetings. Uh, by the way, that, that property is owned by the district. It's not owned by the university itself, the Central Illinois District. Right, right. So they they can be held, but, uh, hold their meetings. But uh, as far as holding meetings, putting up brochures and things like that, uh, they They could have been limited from from the university, but universities had a, as far as I know has had a good relationship with with our church and with other faith based organizations
0: now. Yeah, for a long time when uh I was first pastor here in uh St Louis, I led a Bible class at Washington University for Lutherans and that was really enjoyable talking to them. I would go on campus, uh, they had a place there, and we would speak and we'll see what would happen with that now. Now the letter has some interesting things that back up what you said. However, in spite of these constitutional protections, student groups on some college and university campuses are denied the right to require that their leadership affirm the religious convictions of the organizations. They are put at risk of losing their official standing as a campus organization because they want the officers who lead them in prayer and studying their respective sacred texts to agree with their religious beliefs the religious beliefs of the school, not of the particular religious group. Often, registering as an official campus organization is required for these groups to use university rooms for meetings and hold campus events. Denying recognition to these groups because of their sincerely held religious beliefs is wrong
1: and there you go the business leaders in christ versus the university of iowa and roughly 30 some other groups out of of the university of iowa and the
0: letter also shows a very positive kind of gift that these groups have it says this faith-based groups regularly invest in the flourishing of their college community through community service. These groups also positively contribute to the growth and development of their members as students navigate the complexities of university life and the transition into adulthood. And can you imagine if the government came out against Religious groups being able to do community service because of their beliefs. Do you know how much would be voided in this country? Uh, soup, oh. kitchens, and all kinds of things.
1: Yeah, I mean, when we talk about community activity, they've done food pantry, food collection programs. They've done Habitat for Humanity, various types of uh of, uh, type type events like that to be involved in.
0: So the letter ends saying, we urge you to preserve the legal protections promised in these two bills that the Supreme Court has okayed for individual students and religious student organizations so that students of all faiths will continue to feel welcome on their public college campuses. And then it's signed by 18 different groups. And it's usually the director or, for example, with the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops, it is the Associate General Secretary and General Con- Counsel of the United States Conference on Catholic Bishops. So The way I look at this letter, I don't mind President Harrison joining with other religious groups that are pro-life, indicating that abortion is something that should not be permitted in the United States. So we join with where we can with other religious groups in order to give them this constitutional freedom to speak their own faith, in these groups, and to have leaders that are in agreement with their point of view. Can you imagine at your congregation that you service that the president of the congregation would be a Seventh-day Adventist?
1: Yeah. Uh, I got a question for you. Who's missing from the list? Who's missing from the list? Many. I just happened to think. What?
0: Many. There's only nineteen Alka. or eighteen of them, and there's about a hundred different religions in the United States.
1: Right. Well, Alka's missing from the list.
0: Oh, you mean the non-Lutheran Lutheran denomination,
1: right? Evangelical right, Lutheran yeah.
0: Church of America. Yeah, you're not going yeah. to have the meth, uh, the liberal Methodists on here or other denominations that Mm -hmm. have no problem because they see every religious group as only being in service to the neighbor, whatever that means, and the message of Jesus Christ is set aside, and that's why we encourage people. So what would you say to parents who are sending their child to a university.
1: Uh I would say you, you need to be very careful uh if possible can they find the same education in one of our our uh, faith-based college, concordia's but uh if not uh could they hook up with the nearest missouri Senate church located at the university there. Yes,
0: we do have chaplains everywhere. But I was unclear as to if this law passes. Will every public university have to do this, or is it up to the individual university to make that decision?
1: Well, the the, uh, paragraphs that we just cited in that letter is already... Quote a matter of, of of law, so to speak, and the court of appeals uh, so far has has had every juncture cited with with the faith-based groups. So
0: but that was only say, in Iowa.
1: Well, district court of appeals Eighth Circuit is is wider than Iowa.
0: Okay. Yeah, it may include some other ones, but. Uh... Uh, For example, Illinois just passed uh, a law that if you're going to do sex education, you must talk about the okay of homosexual marriage, abortion, and this sort of thing. But it's up to the individual school to decide whether or not they'll even have sex education, so they're not forced to do it. And I was just wondering if you knew whether or not, in this case, every university that's public Is forced to do this?
1: That I don't know. I think this that that bill targeted elementary school and high school. Yeah, what I remember.
0: Colleges right now.
1: I haven't heard about the colleges, haven't you? Well, it says in the letter
0: that this is for faith-based student organizations and their contributions to religious diversity on public college. Campuses doesn't say anything about the high school or the elementary
1: well that this, this one yeah deals with with higher institutions of uh, colleges and and that but uh, i don't think the, the, the bill that you're signing with illinois uh, deals with that it. it deals more with elementary and high schools yeah that's a totally different bill though all yeah. right well
0: thanks so much for bringing us up to date on this Tomorrow's Law and Gospel. Send me an email. We'll be glad to answer your questions.